0: Lord, we pray that as we come to thinking about your crucifixion today, as we come to the place of hearing some of the last words of Jesus, Lord, that rather than look away with our eyes and our hearts, we would look directly at what you, Jesus, did for us, That we would behold your suffering. That it would sink into our very souls. That we would understand the weight of our sin. And the depth of your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be taking a look at the seven last words of Jesus. And... um, People have written musical pieces. You know, um, a guy named Dubois wrote something called The Seven Last Words of Christ. It's sort of a big choral work. If you need some ride time in a car and want to listen to something, you know, go and listen to that. Um, We've all seen, you know, the Jesus movies and things like that. We've seen The Passion, perhaps, with, you know, Mel Gibson years ago when that came out. There are a number of different movies out there depicting the crucifixion of Jesus, depicting his suffering and uh, his flogging and and his betrayal and all these things that happened to him uh, on our behalf. And um, they're hard to look at. It's hard to see. Uh, You know, I was going to show a video clip today. Then I I just thought a little better of it in that respect, not because we want to shy away from it, but... Um, if, it's, if it's something you feel that you can watch, I encourage you sometime between this week and next week, you know, go, go watch at least the crucifixion scene of um, The Passion with uh, the Mel Gibson version of it there. Uh, take a look at that. It's horrifying, and it should be horrifying. We should have that kind of reaction to it. And in the midst of that horror, of that betrayal, that injustice, that physical uh, destruction that Jesus was undergoing and um, all of the, the sin that he was taking on himself on our behalf. The first of the seven last words of Jesus that he utters is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. So picture the scene now for, for a moment with me at the cross. So there's a Roman, Roman soldier detail there, there an execution detail, and um, they have likely crucified many, many people. This is not their first time doing this. Uh, the Romans had torture down to a science. They were good at it, and uh, I think some of them enjoyed being good at it. These Roman soldiers, this execution detail, they've heard all kinds of things being said by the condemned people, right? They've heard screaming, they've heard panic-stricken people begging for their lives. They've heard people cursing, raging against anything and everything. You know, people and families seeing their loved ones executed. It is horrifying. We almost can't even sit here and think about it. And because it's so horrifying, the Roman execution detail might even be numb to this by now. This man, Jesus, he's just another one of many, another condemned man. They might be emotionless as they go about it. Or perhaps they've even come to a place where they kind of enjoy it as a way of coping with the horror of what they're engaging in. So the soldiers nail the criminal to the cross, in this case Jesus, Jesus. They're hoisting him up, the cross is swaying back and forth, it slides down into the hole and is secured with the wedges, holding it upright in the hole, and once that task is done, they sit around waiting for the person to die. And sometimes this takes days. And so as they pass the time, they gamble for what little the person has left, and that's their clothing. But in the midst of all this, comes this beautiful and powerful word from this criminal that they just crucified. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. That would have been different. That would have been so outside of what they had been hearing and what they had been experiencing as they carried out this grim task that they had day in and day out. Jesus' prayer is not about himself, right? We would probably not blame Jesus if he had a prayer or two about himself at this point, (laughs) given what he's going through and what what just happened. He's the one that just got nailed to a cross, yet he is praying for others. see, Jesus knows the real peril of their souls and ours, and he is praying for them, and as we will see, likely us, too, from the cross. The original language tells us that Jesus was going on praying this. The tense of the words almost seems to indicate that he prayed it more than once. It was almost a continuing, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Maybe he would have to push his weight up on the nail through his feet and suck in a ragged breath and pray the prayer again. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Let's stop and think about for a moment how we pray. What do we call God? We might call God, God, when we're praying, you know? Uh, We might call him Lord, that term of, of respect and honor, acknowledging that he has headship over us. Almighty God, if Jesus had used that, it might have been a little formal Right? In that moment on the cross, Almighty God, you know. Um, How about Creator God? All these things are true, right? But that's more of a title and a role. But Jesus uses Father, Abba. It's a term of relationship, it's a term of endearment. It's a family term. It's a, it indicates a very close tie. It would have been in the inner circle of a family that that term would have been used. Um, it was the same Aramaic word that Jesus used to address his father in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying the night that he was betrayed. It's the same kind of term that a trusting five-year-old would say, pick me up, Dad and then climb up into their daddy's lap, needing comfort and sleep in perfect peace. That is the word that Jesus addresses, God the Father with, Abba. It it indicates a love, an intimacy, a comfort, an approachability, a oneness, and all trusting prayer based in relationship and in love and in confidence in that relationship. Father, forgive, forgive. Now there's a word. We could could have sermons for a very long time on forgiveness, but we'll just say a few words about the word forgive. The word here is to put away a debt to no longer hold to account. It indicates that something is owed and then it is written away, kind of with the stroke of a pen. Um, you know, Our culture tends to get offended and angry at every little thing. It takes almost nothing to create a reaction of offense. Every little offense, it seems, at least gets a social media moment where our offended pride gets put out there and we get to talk about how righteous we are compared to the person who just offended us, we set up this idol of our self-righteousness. It's our right to get offended at everything, (laughs) it seems like. And it gives us this air of superiority over the stupidity of the offender, doesn't it? In a a devotional that I... uh, enjoyed this week. Someone by the name of Bethany Jett writes this, Forgiveness isn't given a second thought because bashing, burning, canceling, fact-checking, and anything to give an air of superiority are the idols we place in front of our eyes instead of focusing on our Savior, His sacrifice, and His incredible example of showing love, grace, and forgiveness to people that literally hate and kill. When we look at the forgiveness that Jesus is asking here from the cross, it should call into question how we hold other people to account for every little thing, even as we hold in our minds the understanding that Jesus had to struggle to get the air to be able to utter that phrase, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So how about the them? Father, forgive them. Who's the them? Soldiers? That execution detail? The ones doing the crucifying? How about Pilate? Rolling over and turning a blind eye to the truth, right? He just didn't want to deal with it anymore. He was done. He knew what was right and what was not right here in this case. And it was much easier to just let this happen and go on with his life. How about the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Threatened by Jesus because of their power that they enjoyed. How about the chief priests and the scribes? They just lost a bunch of money in a corner on the market of sacrifices with Jesus just a week earlier when he went in. And overturned the temple tables there in the court of the Gentiles? What about the rest of the people who called for his crucifixion and went along with the mob mentality? They chose a murderer over the God of the universe, the Lord of love. Is the them you and I? Do we ever turn a blind eye to the truth? Are we ever threatened by Jesus in our power and in our position? Do we ever experience the conviction of Jesus calling us out in the way we are living or in our morality or in our ethics? Do we ever choose sin over obedience, idolatry over submission? If that is true, then my friends, this prayer is for us as well. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Please pray with me. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us. Sometimes we don't realize even the depths to which we have fallen. And as we realize those depths, we realize the depths of the love that you have for us and the links that you went to to pull us out of what we had been hopelessly lost in. We thank you for canceling our debt of sin. Not because we deserve it, but out of your great mercy. That you reveal to us on the cross. And by this prayer that you prayed. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate,
1: was crucified to death and buried. The third day he rose from
0: the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy God the Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.